Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. We're going to take a look back into the past on today's episode, reflecting on the 2010 NFL Draft. Kyle, welcome. How are we doing? Fun show concept, Joe. Tip of the hat for putting this one together. Ah, well, thank you. Who did the Dolphins originally take in uh, 2010? Jared Odrick. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. They could have done, done a lot worse. They could have. There's Some other teams did a lot worse, and we're going to talk about all of that. Uh, better pick than the Bills made. C.J. Spiller at number nine. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. You, you own C.J. Spiller apparel, did you not? Yeah, that was the phase in my life where I just bought whoever the Bills' first-round pick was. I got their uh, jersey. Just blind faith. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had uh, Marshawn Lynch, and I even went Paul Puzlesny, C.J. Spiller, Marcel Darius. All these guys, man, had their jerseys. And uh, I think I, th- <laughs> I think Spiller might have been the last one I bought. Oh, uh, that was the straw that broke the camel's yeah, back. Huh? Yeah, I've, I've since received – my grandparents got me a um, – like a one with my own last name on the back of it. Yep. Which is kind of cool. And and from this point forward, I'm I'm vintage jerseys only. Like I have a Jim Kelly. I'd love to get a Bruce Smith, but I don't think I'll buy a current player's jersey again in my life. I have an admission to make. Okay, I just bought a Dolphins jersey yesterday. Last oh, no, 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 don't tell me what. Don't tell me what player. Do not tell me what player. This is fun. You bought a Dolphins jersey yesterday. Yes. Okay. You already have Minka Fitzpatrick. Correct. Who do you like enough on the Dolphins football team to buy their jersey? And I also need to consider that it could be somebody from the past. I'm going to make my first guess here, and it's going to be Christian Wilkins. It's not Christian Wilkins. Okay. Is that a good guess or a bad guess? It's a bad guess. It's a bad guess. I would guess, by based on you saying that's a bad guess, that it's a player that from the past. It's not a current player. It's Jason okay. Taylor. It's not Jason Taylor. I actually have a Jason Taylor lying around somewhere. Okay. Cam Wake. Already have a Cam Wake. Oh. Okay, so did I uncover that this is not a current player? Yes, it's not a current player. Oh, gosh. Okay, Zach Thomas. No. What? Um, There's a twist here. There's a you twist? Told me not to t- yeah, you told me not to tell Is it your me. own last name? It's not my own last name. Am I going to guess this, or are we going to spend five minutes on this podcast talking about this and nobody cares about it? Probably not. I'm not going to guess it. Probably not. All right, give me a give me a damning clue and see if I can get it from there. It's not a real person. What? What? You did what? I bought a Ray Finkel jersey. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know who Ray Finkel is? Uh, no. Oh, uh, it's um, from Ace Ventura. Yeah, Ace Ventura. 
It was the kicker that turned into uh, Lieutenant Einhorn. Is this where you're at in your life, Kyle? I saw it on Amazon. It was 30 bucks. I said, hell yeah. Wow. Wow. It's a it's a throwback Dolphins stitched jersey with Finkel on the back. Oh, that's not bad. How could I not buy it for 30 bucks? I was already buying stuff on Amazon. That's that's the trap of Amazon. You click two buttons, it's in your cart. You were going to buy something anyway. Next thing you know, your shopping cart's got 20 things in it. <laughs> I made a purchase on Amazon that I want to talk about on Wednesday. Why on Wednesday? Because Water Cooler Wednesday. And we got to oh, talk cool, about the cool, 2010 cool, cool, cool. draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get focused here. Uh, all right. So this is a year Sam Bradford goes number one overall. And the Dominican Sue, Gerald McCoy uh, were the number two, number three pick just to kind of get everyone back uh, caught up here. A lot of fascinating things about this draft class, Kyle. The first main takeaway that I have when I look at this is the Big 12 dominated this draft class. The first four picks, five of the top six and nine first-round picks were from the Big 12. Clearly, this ain't 2019. That's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. That's a, like a third of the friggin' entire first round, including like the premium picks, were from the Big 12. There's been five players drafted in the first round in the Big 12 the last three years. We had three last year and only one in 2018 and only one in 2017. Timeout. Speaking of Big 12 players, yeah, I'm sitting here looking. You did your redraft at draftnetwork.com, right? Right, right. And the Seahawks picked Russell Okun yeah. with the sixth overall pick. Yeah. But the Seahawks in this draft class – also got Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas. It was a haul. Hell of a haul, wasn't it? What the hell, man? <laughs> I didn't realize they were all in the exact same year. I knew they were all like kind of they came in together. But, yeah. I mean, that's one of those draft classes that will just clearly alter the path of your entire franchise. Yeah. That's incredible. And then Richard Sherman in the fifth round the next year. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Not bad. To another the team that Legion of Boom. Uh, yeah, it literally, and didn't even have to use like first round picks on them. How about? I mean, not that the overall draft class was great for the Bengals, but they got Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins in this draft. It's a nice one-two punch. Oh, that's that's incredible. I'll I'll give you a hot take. You ready for this hot take? Nice. Reflecting twenty ten NFL draft picks. The best pass rusher in this draft that included Everson Griffin, Jason Pierre-Paul, Derek Morgan, Brandon Graham, and Jerry Hughes was Carl, uh, Carlos Dunlap, who went to the Bengals. And the best defensive tackle from this class that included Ndamukongsu, Gerald McCoy, Linval Joseph, was Geno Atkins. And they got both of those players and didn't use a first-round pick on either of them. Dude, you also sit here and look at this draft class, because I don't disagree with you. And I don't mean to change the subject, but we got all these names here in front of my face. And I'm trying to process. We had Rob Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham in the same draft class. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. one of those guys went in the first round. Neither one of them, Kyle. Now, I know Gronk had the back issue, right? Coming right. Yeah. Yep. And that knocked him down. I remember, like, I was a very casual football fan at that point. I was, I guess, 20, 20 21 years old at the time, so still in college. Casual at 21? Who the hell are you? I mean, ca- casual draft fan, I should okay. say. Okay, all right. 
And I remember wanting more than anything for the Dolphins to draft Rob Gronkowski. And then the Patriots picked him. I said, oh, well, maybe we can get Jimmy Graham. And they didn't get Jimmy Graham either. And the Dolphins, we've talked about how bad they've been with tight ends. And seeing Jimmy Graham and Rob Gronkowski, I mean, that's the beauty of the draft in itself, is it not? That you can get those kinds of talents who have gone on to have their kinds of careers that these guys have had. And one was a second-round pick, and Jimmy went when? Third round? Uh, Jimmy Graham was the 95th pick, third round, yes. As a, and a five-time Pro Bowl selection. And Rob Gronkowski's going into the Hall of Fame. Right. Do you know who the pick before Rob Gronkowski in this draft was, Kyle? Terrell Troop. Terrell Troop, defensive tackle by the Buffalo Bills, and number 41 overall. Very important for them to get that nose tackle, switching to the 3-4, and letting Gronkowski, the Buffalo native, go one pick later. That's a tough That's not great. Well. No, Kyle, that's, that's not, not great. That is not great. Uh, speaking of steals with the 2010 NFL draft, there's a dude, I don't know if you've heard of him, Antonio Brown. Uh, he no, was drafted. Never. He, he was drafted this year. 195th. Overall, by the Pittsburgh Steelers in a draft that featured Demarius Thomas, Des Bryant, Golden Tate, Emmanuel Sanders, Antonio Brown. Pick number 195 was a pretty good move there by Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, so we've been doing this, you and I, for a while, right? Yep. This whole draft thing. Now, I started doing draft work in 2013. If you think about the classes that we've seen in recent memory – What's the class that you can look at and then look at the success that we've seen from this class? And you can say, yep, we're going to look back on this class eight, 10 years from now and look at it the same way that you and I are looking at the 2010 class right now. You're talking about in recent years? Mm-hmm. Since we've started doing what we do. See, the thing about this draft that's difficult is that the quarterback talent sucked. Like, Sam Bradford's the best quarterback that was drafted, and the second best was, like, Colt McCoy. Big thanks. So, so, you, you know, don't like Tim Tebow? No. Tim Tebow won a playoff game one time. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, I, I, I am aware. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, so, you know, it's just uniquely different in that it's really stacked, you know, particularly receiver, defensive line. There's some really good safeties that came from this year's draft. Two really historically good tight ends. Devin McCourty's in this class. Right. Um, in this class. Brother, I don't know. I, do you have an answer to that question? I feel like I, I don't. I yeah. don't because I look at the, the talent at every position. You did the redraft, and I'm down here in the picks in the late 20s and 30s, and I'm like, holy shit, this guy's a good football player. Right. I did my redraft to 2008, and I got through like 22 picks. I'm like, all right, like I could take or leave the rest of these guys. I couldn't find it. Stands out to me as a really talented class. I I still I didn't have spots in my redraft for Victor Cruz, for Mike Ayupati, who certainly deserved it, uh, and for um, Derek Morgan. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't have spots for him. How about the safeties this year? Earl Thomas, Eric Berry, Cam Chancellor, Rashad, Rashad Jones, Jones, and TJ Ward. 
Fun fact about Rashad Jones that was a little surprising because this is a really stacked class. Second leading solo tackler in this class so far in the NFL has been Rashad Jones. I believe it. I think he, people criminally underrate him. They do. And and I get some of it is he's battled some shoulder issues that really put him back. But at the same time, he's made the Pro Bowl twice. He should have made the Pro Bowl four or five times in the NFL. There was a year – what year was it? I think it was 20 – Might have been 2013. No, let me. My producer is pulling something up. Give me a sec. He made the Pro Bowl in 2015 and 2017. He should have made the Pro Bowl in 2013, no questions asked. He should have made the Pro Bowl in 2012, no questions asked. He averaged over 100 tackles per year. Had five interceptions. It, it's a talent at the position, right? So you had Eric Berry. You had yeah. you had uh, Eric Weddle in the conference. How about the running backs this year, Kyle? Um, they're bad. They're bad. Two went in the first round. Ryan Matthews out of Fresno State. C.J. Spiller, obviously out of Clemson. No. Uh, didn't Javid Best go in the first round, too? And, yeah, I'm getting the Javid Best, who only played two seasons. The Lions traded into the first round to go get Javid Best, who played two seasons in the NFL. And the Chargers, tra- and the Chargers traded up for um, Ryan, Ryan Matthews. Because the Dolphins traded back that year. Imagine. No, I can't. <laughs> I cannot. In this class. In this class. I remember really liking Dan Williams out of Tennessee, too, by the way. Really? That doesn't seem very on-brand for you? I mean, I told you. It was a casual drafting. Okay. There's, there's, there's some fun throwback names in here. Greg Hardy. We had So, so this is in the same draft, we had Greg Hardy and, and um, Aaron Hernandez in the same draft. Wow. Not that they're on the same scale of offenses, but... Lock those two in a steel cage, mm. you know. I, yeah, I, not good dudes. No. Talented, talented athletes, but not good dudes. No, not at all. Um, Are, have we gotten the thirty no. for thirty on the Florida Gators that year yet, brother? That, that's going to be some wild stuff because it's Tim Tebow <laughs> and a bunch of like hooligans. Guys that have have an impressive rap sheet, and and Hernandez is just like the tip of the iceberg, right? I know you had which Pouncy brother came out this year, Marquise, Marquise, and then Mike was the year afterwards in two thousand eleven. Yeah. Um, but they, I mean, they're they're choir boys compared to some of the other guys that these Florida Gators have put out under Urban Meyer. Um, did you just see they had a safety that got arrested for murder? Yeah. Not good, Cal. Um, how about this Pittsburgh Steelers draft hall? They got in this draft they got Antonio Brown, Marquise Pouncey, and Emmanuel Sanders. That's not bad. Uh <laughs> not how many, bad at all. So you looked at this whole draft class. How many players outside of the first round this year went went to like the Pro Bowl? 
Oh God, a lot. I don't know. I don't have that number, but a lot. That's all right. My producer's working on it right now. I just had that thought. You know, They're, Wikipedia is a great place to take because they color code. Yeah, they and made the Pro they Bowl. Do. Yeah. Holy I, shit! We got here's how many Pro Bowlers are in the first round. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Half the first round went to the Pro Bowl. Of the drafted eight, first round, yeah. Second. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine players in the second round went to the Pro Bowl. Players in the third round. One, two, three, four. So we're at 13. We're at 29 Pro Bowlers out of this class right now through the first three rounds. Fourth round, Everson Griffin, Alteron Werner, Daryl Stuckey. That must have been a special teams guy, right? Yeah. Geno Atkins. So that's another four. In the fourth round, Cam Chancellor, Rashad Jones in the fifth round as Pro Bowlers, Greg Hardy and Antonio Brown in the sixth round as Pro Bowlers, Mark Mariani, seventh round. Only seventh round player make the Pro Bowl. Gritty special teamer, brother. Mark Mariani. Of course, the big grit from the big sky. It's only fitting, right? Right. A lot of Pro Bowls. What a fun draft class this is. Yeah. I'm just kind of like working through the names at the bottom now. Do you remember Myron Roll? Mm-hmm. Didn't he he ended up did he play in the NFL? I think no. he played like a year or two, right? But it yeah. was after he went back for his doctorate. Right, yeah. He had that is he is it the Rhodes scholarship mm-hmm. at Florida State? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he he did well for himself. Very smart man. I mean, overall, I mean, this – a really good group. Um, and I think about, like, certain players that were drafted this year I thought were critical to, like, certain runs of success. Yeah. Um, think about, like, Navarro Bowman, who got drafted. And, and that – we talked about on Takes on Takes pretty recently about him and Patrick Willis and how that that run that they had together may have been the best run of linebacker play – the NFL has is really ever seen. You talk about Emmanuel Sanders, who he wasn't necessarily like. You think about his role on that Super Bowl team in twenty four uh, was twenty fourteen for the Broncos, and then you have Jason Pierre-Paul, who was critical for the Giants Super Bowl championship in two thousand eleven. Um, you know, you just Russell Okun. What if the Seahawks never got Russell Okun? That offensive line would have been a disaster. Plus, I mean, they you think about – and then, of course, we've already kind of mentioned a couple uh, – Errol Thomas and, and Cam Chancellor in the same draft class. Like, the foundation for their championship teams were provided in this draft class. Devin McCourty, nine-year starter for the Patriots, three Super Bowls. Yeah. I mean, the reasons team oh, – not the reasons, but big reasons why certain teams won championships – were because of what they got in this draft class. And I'm sure maybe you you know you could say that about a lot of them, but just kind of digging through this, it's pretty apparent. John Jerry, one of your favorite players, kind of like you mentioned. Fuck 100, him. 121 games played in the NFL. He, he was part of Unbelievable. 121. Just got start, signed for another deal. Brandon Spikes. You were talking about players who were like linchpins of teams. Spikes for the, the, the time that he was with the Patriots as that thump guy. Jared Valdir, Oakland Raiders, was a long-term starter. Uh, I mean, even back in like the fifth round, we got uh, 
Riley Cooper was a uh, probably what five or six or seven seasons of sustained contributions to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, bachelor legend Clay Harbor was drafted this year. Denna Pitta yeah. was in this draft class. Pour <laughs> one out for Dennis Pitta's hip. Dude, you love Dennis Pitta. He, been, I think he, mm. He's quietly like your favorite player. I know he is. Yeah, he is. He is because his tape at BYU is phenomenal. Man. Even your BYU players, man. It's I know. Special. I got a weird thing with BYU. It's a very special thing. How about that one time that the Carolina Panthers traded a second-round pick the next year to get Armani Edwards in the third round? And that second-round pick was Wait, like – Yeah, dude, brother, you, this is this – is, what, what pick was this? They, they traded their second-round pick in 2011 to draft Armani Edwards, 100, or 89th overall in the third round. Oh, the quarterback man. from App State. To turn him into a wide receiver. Oh, yeah, but then, like, the Panthers had, like, the worst record in football the following season. <laughs> it was like a top 40 pick, man, that they yeah. gave up for him. For Armani Edwards. Right. Right. Well, the good news is he's still playing. For Toronto, or Argonauts. Yes, but he's still playing. <laughs> good for him. Did you know I was – I did. I wrote something for Dolphins Wire, speaking of Carolina and, and weird trades. Did you know that in 1998, the Dolphins traded a first-round pick from two, two years in advance to draft Patrick Sertain? No, I didn't know that. What's that got to do with the Panthers? The Panthers were, were the ones that traded their second-round pick to Miami to draft Patrick Sertain, and they took a year 2000 first-round draft pick to do it. That's different. So the Dolphins made them wait two years for their pick. I'd never even heard of that. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. Panthers, man, just stay away from the da- the draft day trades. Brother, they, they've done some – they did – what did they traded like – they did something similar to get Everett Brown. I don't have the specifics in front of me, but they had traded like a second-round pick the next year to draft Everett Brown at some point, and he was a pass rusher from Florida State who I kind of liked, but in hindsight, that was a terrible okay, deal. Okay, so this is headline from 2009. Panthers trade up in second round, take FSU's Everett Brown, who I also like. Panthers traded next year's first round choice yeah. for San Francisco's second round. What are you doing? Well, they did this like they did this like consecutive years with Armani Edwards and Everett Brown. And like, what is happening with the Panthers and the players that they're trading up for and giving away higher picks the following year? Are you familiar with their draft class from 2008? Uh, not off the top of my head, no. They had two first round picks. In 2008, and they came away with Jonathan Stewart. Okay. All-time leading rusher in franchise history. And Jeff Ota. Very solid uh, starting offensive lineman. What if I told you they could have come away with either Ryan Clady or Brandon Albert, who went – I'm sorry, Ryan Clady went the pick before them. So they could have gotten Brandon Albert or Dwayne Brown – instead of Jonathan Stewart at 13, and then they could have taken, if they wanted a running back, you could go with Chris Johnson was in that draft class. Matt Forte was in that draft class. If you wanted the guy that was between the tackles but could also catch the ball, 
So they could have had Dwayne Brown and Matt Forte, and they came away with Jonathan Stewart and Jeff Ota. I'm not. I, I guess I don't hate that as much as you do. Um, Jeff, Ota? Jeff Ota. Yeah, the problem he had those injuries, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they could have done better with that offensive line pick, but Jonathan Stewart's the all-time leading rusher in France. No, Jeff, D'Angelo Williams is. Jeff Ota played 29 games in the NFL. Yeah, I know. And running backs don't matter. Yeah, it wasn't their best work. Charles Godfrey in the third round. 2008. You know how many thousand-yard seasons Jonathan Stewart had? Uh, uh, if he has one, it'd be more than Alvin Kamara. <laughs> <laughs> he has one. <laughs> and at his peak, his first two years in the league, he had 21 touchdowns, which is 10 less than Alvin Kamara has in the same span, while also having 1,000 less yards from scrimmage. So do you want to have this conversation or no? No, I just wanted to know if – I mean, if you were going to go 1,000-yard seasons as a big – Barometer for for running backs. I wanted to point out that one of the elite yards. backs in the NFL I mean, right now has never done how, it. How many seasons does Jonathan Stewart have more than one thousand yards from scrimmage? He's always part of a split backfield his entire career. Oh, like Alvin Kamara. I'm not pound. Listen, I don't. Oh, have okay, him. okay. I don't have a problem with Alvin <laughs> Kamara being in the elite tier. I have a problem with him being in the elite tier and Zeke Elliott not being in it. Good pivot away from the actual question. I th- did a nice no, job there. No, that's, it's important to clear up my position. We're going to talk about Alvin Kamara and Melvin Gordon in some way, shape, or form will come up in every conversation we have for the next six months. Probably. That's yeah. fine with me. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed this look back at the 2010 draft class that kind of devolved into uh, some harsh criticism of the Carolina Panthers draft history. <laughs> So we'll need to pay. Oh, Joe, we do need to discuss Peyton Barber. Uh, Buccaneers fans were very upset with us for not discussing yeah. Peyton Barber on the Friday episode of Draft Dudes as a prospective uh, starting running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So what tier would you put Peyton Barber in in starting running backs in the NFL? I don't know. Somewhere between not for me and good. <laughs> if, he's I mean, in the, if he's in the good tier, he's at the very bottom of the good tier. Right. I'd probably lean he's he's not for me. I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather just force feed the football to Ronald Jones to see if he can get it together than what, then, I mean, what does Peyton Barber do for you? He runs hard between the tackles. He's what, 225 pounds, bigger back, but he gets at the end of the day. Yards per carry. Yeah, he's, he's just a boring player. Right. Hope, I hope this is, this is what you, you wanted, Tampa Bay. We were going to let it go. Well, we, we glossed right over it, too, whenever we got to the Bucks. I mean, I get it. Ronald Jones, now we got to figure out more. Let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. Right, that's what we did. So we shortchanged him a little, but we are trying to do you a favor. And now, and now we've talked probably 90 seconds of, of Peyton Barber, and we both said he's not for us. He gives you nothing as a pass catcher. He averaged 4.6 yards per catch last year. He actually, this is impressive. He had 254 touches from scrimmage and averaged less than four yards a touch. Oh, that's got, that's, that's got to be some type of like, there's got to be nobody in the NFL history that's got 250 touches from scrimmage and averaged less than four yards per touch. Actually, I can look this up if you give me that. That's, that would be very, I, that would be, that's got to be a short list, brother. Okay. 
So we're looking all time. Yeah, I feel good about this. I could look like a complete clown right now in a couple minutes when you sort this data. But I would be very surprised if there's a very long list of people with 250 touches from scrimmage in a season that average less than four yards per touch. Hopefully that's giving you enough time to sort the data. I'm getting close. All right, you're getting close. I'm going to sort it by um, By yards per touch? Yes. Because it won't, it won't let me add that as a criteria. I understand. Ow. Excuse me. That's what I think of Peyton Barber's starting running back in the NFL. I'm guessing you're probably going to edit this out. No. I actually was, was planning on leaving it. Really? Yeah, why not? Survey's in. All right. I hope I don't look like a clown after I predicted very few people to be on this list. I have 13 names of players with over 250 touches from scrimmage and less than 1,000 yards? Uh, I thought the criteria was less than four yards per touch. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yes. I got it. I got yes. it. You know, I'm not a math guy. I got it. <laughs> so Give it, get, rip, rip through it. In the history of football, since what, 1940? How far does this go back? Since 1950. 1950. All right, so that's a small number. Let's be honest, all right? Here, here are the names all right. of the players who have, and the season that it happened, with over 250 touches and less than 1,000 yards from scrimmage. All right. Okay? Yep. We had Peyton Barber last year. All right. We had Cadillac Williams in 2006, uh, another Tampa Bay. The Bucks. The Bucks are owning the list. All right. <laughs> he had nine. He had nine hundred ninety-four yards from scrimmage on two hundred and fifty-five touches. Hey, <laughs> Maurice Smith from the Atlanta Falcons in two thousand one had nine hundred ninety on two hundred fifty uh, two hundred fifty-six touches. All right. Here's one for you: Ray Rice in two thousand thirteen, nine hundred and eighty-one yards on two hundred and seventy-two touches. Oh, that that was was that his last year? He just tanked, right? Yes. All right. He had he averaged three point oh eight yards per carry that year with Yeesh. over two with over two hundred carries. <laughs> so at some point you just just gotta let him, him go, right? Front him against the wall, man. Jesus. Okay. Eddie Price for the Giants in nineteen fifty one. Oh, remember that very well. Two hundred seventy three carries or touches. Okay. Darren McFadden in 2012 for the Raiders. Really? 965 yards from scrimmage on 258 touches. Sammy Winder in 1986 for the Denver Broncos. 960 yards from scrimmage on 266 touches. Warwick Dunn. Bucks? Bucks Warwick Dunn? 2007 Atlanta Falcons. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) He had 958 yards from scrimmage on 264 touches. Sean Alexander in 2006 with the Seahawks. Really? Was that his rookie year? I'll look it up. I know that you're like in the middle of sort. That was 944 yards from scrimmage on 264 touches. Uh, his rookie year was 2000. When did you say this was? 2006? 2006. It was so his second to last season, yeah. yeah. Uh, Natron Means. Natron Means for the Chargers? 
Uh, he was for the Jaguars, Jaguars this time. Yep, 97. 937 yeah. yards on 259 touches. Dude was an animal that one season for San Diego when they uh, it, they won the uh, AFC Championship. They they lost to – who did they play in the Super Bowl that year? Was it uh, 49ers? Yeah. Yeah, Chargers 49ers. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Nature on Means was an animal that season. And then we have Rodney Hampton for the Giants in 96. 909 yards from scrimmage on 269 touches. Jerome Bettis. Oh, yeah. 2003, 31-year-old Jerome Bettis had 897 yards on 259 touches. Kyle, Jerome Bettis, hold on. Jerome Bettis averaged 4.3 yards per touch for his career. This guy floated with it every single season. Yeah, I know. Last one, 94, right. New England Patriots. Marion Butts. You ready for this number? I, I am. 757 yards from scrimmage on 252 touches. Wow. Effectively that, three yards per touch. That's got to be the lowest ever. That's the worst season anyone's ever had. He had, 240, touches. He had 243 carries for 703 yards, 2.8 yards per carry. All right. I'm glad we did this. Now, Tampa Bay Bucks fans, I hope you are satisfied and we have <laughs> adequately talked about Peyton Barber and his merits as a starting running back in the NFL. <laughs> You're not even getting the traditional sign-off, guys. That's it. We're back tomorrow with Takes on Takes. Come back and see us tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.